It's a gospel on the radio talk show. A show about dreams and visions and a church that is indeed triumphant, alive, and well. For the church triumphant is alive and well. Hello, Tallahassee. This is the Gospel on the Radio talk show. I'm Pastor Jack King. I am your host and uh, well, it's Sunday morning. I always have a good time on Sunday mornings. Been with you here on 94.1. The Gospel on the Radio talk show. As I say, it's a show about dreams and visions and a church triumphant, alive and well. We have a few rules. We don't talk sports, politics, or doctrine, but we do always speak well of one another. And that's the way we've done it now for 1,148 shows Today, and I have a guest back in the studio that's been with us before. This is uh, Brother Bob Rumley, and the uh, ministry is Care Tallahassee. Now, go ahead and bring that microphone there, right in the side down there. Come up a little bit closer, if you would. There we go. I'm going to make a radio man out of you yet. <laughs> <laughs> that's scary. <laughs> Brother Rumley has the ministry. It's called Care Tallahassee, and it's a, I think it's a wonderful ministry, what you all do. But go ahead and just explain it to everybody. Well, Care Tallahassee is a Christian home for men. We've been in business uh, 19 years in the ministry, and we've had uh, probably 2,000 men come wow. through the program. Wow. And a lot of success stories, uh, some not-so-success stories, the ones that want to continue doing it their way. Mm-hmm. And they, uh, like the children of Israel, take another lap huh? <laughs> and uh, come out, and hopefully they're ready to buckle down. Right. And, uh, of course, we believe that Christ is the answer and to success. And uh, we believe that uh, all things are possible through Jesus Christ who gives us strength. Amen. So uh, we we have a, mm, close to uh, 16 men right now really? in the program. Wow. Up to uh, 26 we can take. But uh, right now we're a little bit low, but we're being kind of selective mm. on the ones we take. Right. We're trying to get the men that really want to buckle down, not just uh, have a roof over their head and a place to crash. Uh, we're looking for men that want to turn their life around mm. to stop going back to prison to break that cycle. And uh, we're in the business to do that if they stay focused on what we're doing. Mm. So uh, we've had pretty good luck. So how did this get hold of your heart to, to do this? Well, it all started uh, over 20 years ago, and when Wakala CI had a mentoring program, and my wife and I went to that, and every Monday night, uh, we would go and mentor the men, and then Wakala became a faith-based uh, organization, and uh, so we started teaching Bible study there, and taught Bible study for 18 years, hmm. and then as we got to know the men, they would be released and uh, and ch- and they would give them a hundred dollars at the time. Nowadays they give them fifty dollars and say, wow. have, a, "Have a nice life." And uh, they had no place to go if family couldn't take them. They had no place to wow. go, and so consequently they got the revolving door right back into prison. Hmm. So my wife and I said, "These guys need a place to stay." So that uh, that's how that's how Care Tallahassee came into existence in '05. And like I say, we've been in business close to 19 years this uh, February. Wow. Mm-hmm. It is interesting that um, that 
they would do this this way, what, what you just described, give them $100. Because if a guy, if he's been in prison, I mean, how long would they generally have, would have been in? Five or six years? Uh, yeah, probably five or six years. Sometimes, you know, sometimes we get them 45 years yeah. that have been down. But wow. on average, we're talking probably anywhere from eight to ten years. So you're really, they're just starting all over. I mean, you, you go out into life, because uh, you take, go back, think back when you were a kid. And and uh, maybe you got out of high school and you didn't go to college. You try to find a job, so mm-hmm. you, you just get started. I mean, here they are. They they had no contacts with the people outside to help do that sort of thing. And you, that hundred dollars not going to last long. No, right. And then here they can't find a job. And yeah, I can. But that's that's a like it should be a better system than yeah. <laughs> than that. Well, that's yeah. the thing is when the men get out, they don't know what a cell phone is. They, they, they don't, they, in prison, you don't make decisions for yourself. So they don't really know how to shop or anything. And if you don't have a a place like care to help guide them back into society, it's the stress on the men is just unbelievable. And a lot of guys just say, this is too much out here because the world's changed since I was in it here. And a lot of guys will reoffend just to get back in prison because that's a comfort zone for them. Wow, that's amazing. And and think about this. I mean, the guy that you're talking about, and he's been out all that long, and everything has changed all around him, like you said. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, the $100 is gone, and he's hungry. That's right. Okay, and then, and where am I going to stay tonight? And then, and then, if he wants to go to wherever his family is, how's he going to get there? Mm-hmm. If if the money's got all gone, that that is a serious problem. It, it <laughs> really know? is. But now, okay, so you take in a few. I mean, you can only take in a few. So what are most of them doing? Well, most of them go back home. Okay, go and to so their, they're their family. If they're able to be in contact with the family, the family probably makes a way for them to get home and they helps do. them to get reestablished. Mm-hmm. But in many cases, the, the strings have been cut. Maybe before they went into prison, there was a whole lot of stuff that went on, and the family said, I'm done with you. That's right. Yeah. And, That's exactly what right. happens. Many times you take, especially drug offenders, mm-hmm. and uh, when they the kids get on drugs so bad, they start stealing from the parents uh-huh. and lying to the parents. Oh, yeah. And yeah. finally, the parents just say, I'm done. Right. I'm totally done with this kid. And uh, they can't go back home. Right, right. And they have no, absolutely nowhere to yeah. go. Wow. And, and being a pastor, I've been on this side of that many, mm-hmm. many times, mm-hmm. working with families who are, who are dealing with just that type of thing you're talking about. Right. So you and your wife, you were actually going into the prison. You were you were one-on-one with them. Yes. So did some of those end up being with you? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, we had several that we mentored and all that, and when they got out, they came to care, and we followed them all the way through from their incarceration, you know, to at care. And then as they transition out, some we still, you know, get calls from periodically that, you know, have been through the care program 15 years ago, and they'll call up just to ask how we're doing. Wow. Okay, so you you, uh, you and your wife, you, you talk this thing over, and you say, well, we got to do something. Mm-hmm. Okay, I mean, obviously, you you couldn't take them to your home. You might be able to take a few, but not too many. That's right. So, so what happened there? Well, you know what what happened was we, you know, originally uh, we knew they needed a place to go. Right. Uh, obviously, they were, like you say, we weren't going to take them home. Matter of fact, how God changed my heart, uh, we live in uh, Woodville, 
and that's near, kind of near the facility. And when they were going to build Wakulla CI, I went to the county commission meeting and voted against having that because I didn't want prisoners in my backyard. <laughs> and then God changed my really? heart. Really? So this is before you started, started this, going? <laughs> yeah, before we started going. What, what yeah. was it that got you to going? Well, actually, that we had a group of people in church that wanted to get involved. We were in the homeless ministry. Okay. And then we saw where they were doing training at Wakulla because they were going to make one dormitory, a faith-based dorm. And so we said, we might spread the gospel if we go out there. So we went to the orientation, okay. liked it. And then my wife and I stuck with it, and the other couples kind of fizzled out over right. the years. But uh but I don't know, God just put it on our heart that we really needed to do that. So did you get this word through your church or through the community somewhere or another? How did you find out about the? It was just announced in the community. Okay. And, mm-hmm. and, and you said, hey, let's give that a try. Go check it out. Okay. Yeah. Now, so the first time you go, I'm always curious about this. What was that like, that first time? Well, the first time is a, a rough time, and you know they, you hear the the old story about the slammer. And yeah. You wonder oh, what yeah. the slammer right. is. Well, when you go in there and you hear that door slam, oh, you know exactly what they mean by the slammer. Yeah. So it was scary. Yeah. We didn't know what to expect. You know, we we felt like there was danger there, mm-hmm. but there wasn't. I felt more secure in the prison as it as it went than going walking into a seven <laughs> eleven. <laughs> really? <laughs> you know what really, I mean? Yeah. But uh the first time was a scary time. Uh-huh. And and uh, how long did it take you to where you began to feel like you're establishing a relationship with the guys? It I don't know. It would some it varies. It it varies. Some some guys you know, some guys are gamers mm-hmm. and they, they're playing right. and some guys are serious. Most of the guys just really need somebody to talk to. Mm-hmm. That's all. Yeah. You know, yeah. just talk because they, they can't really talk in there. Everything they're afraid is going to spread around this, that, and the other. And they don't tell you anything super confidential, uh-huh. but stuff they don't want the general public to know. And just to sit down one-on-one and just talk, right. let them talk. That's what they wanted. And, and your wife was able to go in there with you at the same yeah. time? And, mm-hmm. and, and so there's no, no problem with a, a woman going into a men's facility. No. Because, I mean, you, you had a, like a chapel or something where you'd meet? We met in the chapel, and sometimes we met in the uh, visiting park. And uh, my wife, I never will forget, the first mentor she got was Big John. And this guy was like six eight, Oh, my. And weighed about 320. And he was a giant of a man. My wife's kind of small. She came up to about his waist. <laughs> and, but it was the funniest thing. And he just, they fell in love. Uh, and, and John, he was a lifer. And we still hear from him. He's still in. Wow. But, wow. Uh, but what, how sad to hear that. Yeah. But now, uh, way I've understood this from talking to other people who have been in prison ministries, uh-huh. They said the guys come, they volunteer to come to your particular meeting. I mean, there's other meetings they can go to. Uh, mm-hmm. how, how do they determine who's coming to your, when you're coming to do your, I guess you're going, were you doing counseling or were you all actually doing Bible studies? or We were doing Bible studies okay. and they signed up for it. It's okay. a faith-based institution okay. and they had various classes and they right. had to have so many classes to get their degree. So, uh they would just sign up for the Rumbly class, and uh, we had we usually seventy five to a hundred men, you know, in the. And it would be the same ones every time, pretty much. They would they would rotate out. I okay. mean, you know, uh, we had some guys that stayed with me for years, huh. 
and then some guys, you know, came and went and such as that. Now, now you mentioned they get their degree. What, what, what kind of degree? They they would give them a, a certificate of completion, just kind of like college. The, the, the prison would. Yeah, the prison okay. would. How many hours they had completed, and each course carried so many hours, just kind of like a college thing. Right. And then they would accumulate so many hours, and they'd have a graduation. Uh, and uh, a, a pretty pretty neat thing. I mean, uh, but that it, it, it was only for, I guess, this within the system. I mean, they wouldn't do anything for them once they got out. It wasn't like a college degrees or credits or anything like no. that. Okay. It, it, but their it, own edification. Right. Yeah. Okay. But it, it just gave them a sense of achievement. Sure. And uh, a sense of, you know, pride that they completed something. I was so amazed the first uh Graduation I went to, they handed out diplomas, and the guy said, uh, uh, is this the first diploma? How many How many in this room were the first diploma that they've ever gotten? And 90% of the men really? had never graduated from anything. Okay. So a lot of with prison ministry, the guys start out with, that's a good idea, but they don't have the stick-to-itiveness right, right. to complete it. And if they didn't finish high school, that's probably one of the reasons why they're that's exactly. where they are, because yep. they've gotten out in life and... Uh, uh, I tell you what, it, it reminds me. Of when I was in Africa back in '93, and we were teaching, and, and uh, they, the people in Africa were talking about you know all the wealth in America. Yeah. And, but I said, but there's a flip side of that. I said it's also very expensive <laughs> to live in America. That's right. And so you you get a, a man he's didn't finish high school, and then it, it's tough. It can mm-hmm. be tough. And you can say, well, where the all the frustration lies and why they did what they did to end up where they are. Right. But, uh, uh, you know, it's just a wonderful thing that you and your wife and, and others, many others, you just had a compassion for this sort of thing. That's so right. so you went the first time and said, I'm going to go check it out. Right? Yeah. Right. And then, then you, you just fell in love with it? or Well, we kind of we fell in love with it. It was just something neat. There there was a need there. We really felt the Holy Spirit moving. Right. And, uh, and it was interesting. I'm kind of a hard-headed guy. I used to have red hair, but it's it's uh, white now. And uh, and Wakulla at that time, a lot of the officers did everything they could to get. Uh, they didn't want this to happen. They really? didn't want to do anything positive for uh-huh. the inmates. And that was back in the day. It's uh-huh. changed a lot yeah. now. And uh, and they would they would call meetings off. You know, pull us out, do everything they could to distract us, and that just made me stick to it more. <laughs> and, um, I but, like that. <laughs> but we pushed, we pushed through it, and uh, and then, like I said, the the whole compound became faith based. And then the chaplain asked me if I'd teach a class because I was teaching a class in the A dorm at, at early on before it was just that one uh, faith based dorm. And then when the whole a facility went they asked me to come into the chapel and teach and that and we could reach more men that way mm-hmm. and uh but but we've met some just fantastic guys well now all this time you were also working a job i mean you, oh, yeah. you're doing this like in the evenings or what the, the it was evenings right. and uh and then as it turned out i was working it was about the time we retired and so uh you know, it did wasn't that big of a burden, and I taught on Wednesdays okay. uh, from I think it was ten to twelve, something like that, or nine to twelve, I think it was Day, daytime or nighttime. Daytime. Daytime. Okay, so yeah. it's ten ten a.m. to twelve noon. Right. And so once once a week. Yeah, once okay. a week. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so 
time goes on. And then, then as you said, you begin to notice that some of your the ones that were coming to your classes are starting to they're going to be getting out soon, mm-hmm. and I'm sure they're they're talking about this. It's, uh, right? They're probably going, oh, man, man, I'm short. That's, but in the Navy, that's what we say, man. Man, I am short. Yeah, <laughs> short timer. Yeah, yeah, I'm short timer. Yeah. And so that's when this began to speak to you and your wife mm-hmm. about what are we going to do here, and then so what happened? I mean, how did you do it? I mean, you've been well, doing what 19 years now. Yeah, yeah, and and you know we that's when we decided with the. To, to start care and uh we got this old motel uh you know built in 1952 and it was a flop house a crack house so the city was kind of glad to see us come in and clean it up really but uh you know we felt a lot uh, of opposition at that time through uh because you know sometimes we took guys that had charges that weren't you know too nice to have they're mm-hmm. bad guys and uh some of the police people didn't want us there. You know, FTLE, our police department, all that. And, of course, now they love us. Mm. They love us because wow. they see what we're doing in the community. We're taking care of these guys. We're watching them. We have security, you know, 24 hours. So they know that these people are being watched and uh, the, the community's at no risk. So uh, That sounds wonderful. But you, you said this so lightly. You said – well, we got this old hotel. Yeah. <laughs> now, when I hear this old hotel, I'm thinking, well, the roofs probably leak and yeah. probably have a few more plumbing problems and <laughs> maybe some other stuff going on. So, and and you said it's been a flop out. So, so okay. How did this all come about? Did you even know about the hotel before you started this? No, we found it. It went on the market, and uh, this director that we had uh, with with before we had care, a man that we had met that had had places in Mississippi and North Carolina. So he had some experience and he found this place and he said, Brother Bob, you got to come look at this place. This is ideal. <laughs> and I looked at it. I said, Joe, you got to be out of your mind. This place looks like, oh man. He said, oh man, it's going to be perfect. He, he, he's a visionary. Wasn't yeah, he? he was, yeah, he yeah. was way more visionary than I was. <laughs> I can tell you that because it was look terrible. And, uh, but over the years, you know, we had various groups come in, and they patched roofs, uh-huh. did plumbing, you know, a lot of volunteer work and all that. So we slowly opened the place up. So what was it doing before? I mean, what was it being used for before you got it? It was just an old motel. It was actually functioning as a motel. Right. Really? Yeah. Wow. Because, I, I mean, I know where it's at. And, and uh, yeah. Um, I pass by it maybe once or twice a month, and every time I go by there, I'm thinking, oh, there's, there's, there it is. I mean, because I had you on the radio show before, so I knew about it. Right. And I said, it just looks like a little island there, but it's it's back behind. It's, it's not on a main street. It's mm-hmm. it's kind of hid back up in there. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, concrete block buildings, like, like yeah. old, uh, these old hotels that you used to see all up and down 27 back in the day. That's right. And I, I was telling you before we went on the air, this how did that even happen in the location that it is? But this is 1952. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, 1952, was it was the town even that far out? I'm, I'm, because yeah. I know that uh, Tallahassee has expanded a lot since I've been in Tallahassee. That was 79. Absolutely. So 1952, my goodness, I, what was – <laughs> I mean – what was going on out there then? I mean, the road, I'm sure the roads were different yeah. than they are now. So it, it was probably at one time highway frontage, wouldn't you think? I imagine. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but uh, 
but they but actually functioning as a hotel. I did not uh, that amazes me. <laughs> yeah. So, and what year did you get it? What now? What year did you get it? Year I got it in 05. 05. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it was still functioning as a hotel. Well, actually, it was not really. It was they rented rooms. It was okay. like apartments. Okay. And and they what it was back in the time they they couldn't get these guys to move out. This this couple that had it, so they put it on the market, and uh, we we said asked said we wanted it, and that and that's when there the economy was so good that people were outbidding over their asking price. Really, and uh, so we didn't didn't really have the money, you know, we got to borrow it and all that, and so uh, my Joe said, well, "Why don't you write them a letter and tell them what your vision is to have for this place?" And they turned around and let us buy it. Oh, really? Because yeah. of what we were going right, to right. do with it. Yeah. And uh, and it was tough times because uh, 75% was all we could get on the business loan. So my wife and I had to second mortgage our home. Oh, my goodness. Just to be able to get the mortgage on on the uh, facility care. Wow. And then, like I say, there were three years we kind of had a rough time because yeah. I thought, you know, all the churches would get behind us and all that. And it was slim pickings. And that didn't happen, did it? It didn't yeah. happen. Yeah. And so we went through our savings. Wow. <laughs> it's kind of tough. Wow. But yeah. God God saw yeah. us through. But see, this is the thing that uh, so many people don't always understand. People see ministry and stuff like that. And, and uh, what the vision that you had, and you're, you're willing to go to that extreme to put your house up, as a, a, to mortgage your house in order to do this ministry. Yeah. See, this, this is what I see. From this microphone almost every week. Uh-huh. I, I mean, I see people like you who are doing what we call parachurch ministries, and and you're just sacrificing everything in order to do it. But, but a lot of folks don't see that type of that, that side of ministry, right? But uh, so now, now, how do you you finance the ministry? Now, do the, the men go out of work and then they, they they help pay? Right. We charge them program fees. Okay. To uh, to live there. And uh, when they first start, we, they get on food stamps. And uh, once they get uh, their job, they lose their food stamps. But uh, they pay uh, 450 a month is the, the uh, fees. And, uh, and they make it. They save money. They buy cars. Back in the, back in the, before the pandemic, if you had a bicycle, you were somebody. <laughs> now, if you don't have a car, you're nobody. Yeah, I, but, and, I, and when I drive by there, I, I see a lot of vehicles sitting, yeah, <laughs> sitting around there. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> uh, with with jobs becoming more prevalent, these guys are getting their own transportation. That's just a step we mm-hmm. have, you know, to get them get them out of debt, get all everything going. If they need driver's license, get their driver's license straightened out and all that. Then get them a car. Then they got their transportation. Then we try to get them to save their money. Mm-hmm. And then uh, as, as God leads, then it's time to ease on out into the community. Right. And one of the things that you told me earlier is that mandatory that they go to church. Yes. And uh, um, so they all go together and just all right get in the van and go? Or they all yeah. drive their cars? We have, yes. <laughs> we, we have a van and they drive their cars but uh, it is uh, that's part of the program because it's not for everybody and we tell them coming out of prison you have to commit to church attendance uh, we go to church on sunday morning 
I teach a Bible study Sunday evening. My wife teaches a study on Monday evening. Tuesday night, we have various pastors in the community rotate on Tuesday night. Then Wednesday night, we have a function at 6 o'clock. And then Thursday night, we have a pastor that just just left care tonight. Then Friday, they're off, and Saturday, they're off. Wow. <laughs> so it's pretty pretty intense. But now when they first come out of the prison, are they expected to start paying immediately, or is there a time period that they can adjust to make the transition? They, uh, we ask them to have upfront money, but it's rare mm-hmm. that they have upfront money. But we let them come, and then we get them a job, and then we, we let them pay what they owe from the time they've been there. Okay. And as they catch up, then they get their steady four fifty a month, and they're good to go. And and now with with uh, the number you have and everything, you're able to keep everything current and, and keep ministry floating and that sort of thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. wonderful. And you didn't lose your house. No, thank <laughs> thank the Lord, we didn't lose it. It was close there. Yeah, yeah, praise <laughs> the Lord. I, that's that's a, a wonderful thing though. But but now, as you say, the economy has changed, so jobs are readily available, right? And, uh, um, because that would have really changed the dynamics of your ministry if that were not so. The ministry has evolved. The, we like uh, we talked before when I was here, we had a lawn care service, and uh, we had it for years. And then all of a sudden, when the economy changed after the pandemic, jobs were everywhere. And so once these guys got out of prison, they wanted to go to work and earn money, mm. not just work for care with the lawn crew. And uh, – so I, I shut the lawn crew down last December the 1st, and it's really worked out well. Huh. The guy's morale had really went up. And one of the hardest things to, to, to teach these guys is working for your room and board. Huh. They want to see their money in hand <laughs> because yeah. they want to go work for right. get get a paycheck and feel their own independence. That's the, right. The, the fact that they went out and made the money. But so they, they go out and find their own jobs? Or are you all helping with that? A little bit of both. We've yeah. got some companies that actually prefer hiring our guys because they're dependable. They come to work on time. They never miss. They, they're clean and sober. They're not on drugs or alcohol. Right. And in this day and time, you know, it's just hard to get workers that, that stay straight. Most of them work a week, get their paycheck. Lay out a week, yeah. and try to come back. Yeah, I'm familiar with that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know. You. I know you are. But now, so now your relationship with the prison, you you still have a relationship with them, obviously, as as, as you you know, kind of ahead who's who's fixing to come out or not. Well, no, I don't really. We they apply. Okay. You know, we we work with the classification officers that that get with the guys that are approaching getting out within six months. They, they tell them about care. And then we've been in business so long that the prisons know about us. Uh-huh. And a lot of guys want to come to care. So they fill an application out, send it in. We take a look at it. We pray about it. And, uh, and then let them know if they're going to, we're going to accept them or not. So now are they coming from, from any prison? Are you working with certain prisons or? We, they, they mainly North Florida. Is okay. where we get most of them, but we okay. get some out of Central Florida, but most of them are in North Florida. You know, we get some out of state. Uh, I had to, I had to kind of shut the uh, water spigot off in Alabama. We took some out of Alabama because uh, they had nowhere to go, 
and uh, you know, then Florida, you know, the, got a little upset because oh, we're really? taking out of state people uh-huh. and such, and and so anyway, we kind of limit our, right, our out of right. state stuff, stay in state. <laughs> yeah. Now, have you have any thoughts of expanding what you do? Well, we've had thoughts of it. You know, we originally thought about having many cares around the state, right? But it takes a it takes a special type of thing. You've got to get involved with the church. That's that's to me uh-huh. key to yeah. have a church that kind of supports that ministry, and uh, and it's kind of a dirty ministry in a way, you know. And uh, some churches say, well, they're okay, but they can sit in the back corner type <laughs> okay. thing. Yeah, <laughs> but well, anyway. Well, it's just like the. With the Good Samaritan, you know, that, that, that's that's dirty ministry. He went down there and got dirty. And, that, that's and right. That's the thing about it. But now, if if there were people who, in other words, somebody were come to you and say, look, my wife and I, we want to do what you've done, mm-hmm. you would be more than willing to counsel them, to give them advice, tell them your experiences, but they'd have to find their do like you did. Sure. You'd make your own way. I mean, you go and. Maybe you might have to mortgage your house to, to do it. You know? Right. Well, yes. Uh, actually, I've had some inmates that got me to uh, write a, uh, not a book, but it's kind of a brochure-type flyer thing. Right. Not a flyer thing. It's really a, a book. But it lays out and tells all about how we started it and all that and the things to do and not to do. And it's got all our forms. So if somebody wants to start a ministry, I right. hand them this book. Yeah. And it gives them a pretty good yeah, idea. That way they don't have to reinvent the wheel. They, that's right. If you've got information to give. But you have a lot of valuable information. Right. I mean, if nothing else, just – being able to share, how did you all do this? Right, right. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you have a success story here, and so let's just duplicate this if we can. <laughs> right, that's right. But you know, one of the biggest things is, uh, is you know, we felt the call, and right. and we've been asked to go and speak to various groups and conferences and stuff on how to start a ministry like this. But the number one question that they have is how much money am I going to make? Oh, I mean, you talking about the people who are in it? Yeah, the ones in the audience. That's a question to me, is how much money can we expect to make in this ministry? Really? And I'm going, that, that stuns me. <laughs> and I'm going, I'm saying, I, and I tell them, I say, you you don't need to get in this ministry. Really? If you're thinking about making money, yeah. it's not about the money. Yeah. Yeah, that that it, you kind of threw me for a loop here, because <laughs> because uh, I certainly don't think on, on those ways. Yeah, I mean, and I'm, I'm surprised that there are people who do yeah. when it comes to, to ministry, because I know so many people who are doing things similar to you, and they're just doing it out of their out of their pocket, right? Or trying to raise a little support if they can, right? But it's you, you passion, right? That's it, <laughs> and that's, that's what I tell people. Well, people, I call people to come up and be on the radio show, and they say, well, "What are we going to talk about?" I say, "We're going to talk about your passion. Whatever your passion is, that's what we're going to." It'll make good conversation mm-hmm. <laughs> because, um, no, I, I, that's it. Like, it kind of stuns me to think well, that that would be that. Let me that tell mindset. you. Let me tell you this: how passionate we are. I've got four managers, and myself and my wife, and nobody makes a dime. Mm. Wow! And three of the four managers. Have uh, one has a job, two are on disability, and each one of them pay program fees every month. Really? Wow! Now that's amazing, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? Yeah. But so, so, but these are people who have gone through your program. 
Yes. Yeah, and now, right. and and now they, they're, they've stayed. They're in, they're in leadership now. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and my wife and I, we've never made a dime off the ministry. Mm-hmm. And and they and people go, well, you know, you deserve it. I said, no, I work right. for him. Right. right. I work for him. I, He's going to take care of me. Yeah, I know how that works. <laughs> yeah, I know you do. I'm, I'm preaching to the choir here, Brother Jack. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is that we know where the rewards are. Right. And, and uh, what the scripture said, lay it up in heaven, brother. Amen. Just lay it up in heaven. God's got it all under control. And and, and I'm sure that you have been like I have been. Mm-hmm. There are times, of, okay, how are we going to get through this? Or you get to that point. Right. And that's something God's had to teach me. That's been a, a, a part of my learning curve. Mm-hmm. Is it God's got this, but it may not be today, <laughs> right? Exactly. <laughs> you know, and just how how much faith is this going to require right. to, to be able to hang in here and believe that God's going to meet this need? That's right. And and uh, I can testify just mm-hmm. just me and of course my wife. I mean, God's been faithful. Yeah, but it hasn't always been on my time. That's right. Well, I, I've been with you yeah. too because used to you know, and I've been in supervision all through. I've worked for the state for thirty five years in supervision, so it's always me solving the problems. Mm-hmm. And at care, I was the same way, and I would just run my hair ragged because I go, "Oh, how am I going to get through right, this dilemma?" Right. And every time, every time. Yeah. God says, I got this. Yeah. And it took me the longest time to say, <laughs> you know, this is God's ministry. This isn't Bob's uh, ministry but to I, begin I, with. Brother, my heart is, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, <laughs> I'm hearing what you were saying. That's right. Because not only do I do this, I mean, I've been involved in youth ministry for almost 50 years. Praise and, the and, Lord. And, and youth camps and uh, uh, different events and stuff. There have been times when it's all over, I'm going, Ooh, that's a pretty good little goose egg there. It's got to be paid. Yeah. And uh, God's had to teach me, had to teach me that, that he's, yeah, he'll get it. <laughs> but, you know, we we are human. Yeah. We are human. But it's uh, it reminds me of the, the time when the, Jesus said, well, do you have faith? And he says, oh, Lord, increase my faith. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because we, we, we're human. That's we're, right. We're human. But God is God, and God is faithful. And if he's called you to do it, he's going to meet the need, but it may not always be in the time that I want him to meet the That's need. That's right. Exactly. But it's good. Now, 19 years, right? Mm-hmm. 19 years. What do you see down the road? How's, how's this all going to play out? You see, you see the ministry continuing, of course. Yes. And you've already had two that have come in to work alongside of you. Mm-hmm. Because if we at our age, and I'm no how I don't know how old you are, but I know how old I am. I'm older than you. <laughs> okay. If that makes you feel better, because <laughs> yeah, I've already told you what year I was born. That's so. right. I got you. <laughs> well, you look at this, you go, well, okay, who's going to step in here to if this is going to continue on? And I'm obviously God's using it. Mm-hmm. So, so like, so you've got two already that has stepped up and said, hey, we want to be a part. Do you, do you see others potential the people that you work maybe somebody in the past has been through the ministry yeah they uh you know we what I, the way I've set it up and I've always been one to not keep secrets mm-hmm. I share uh-huh. you know and let I'm an open book yeah and good. so they get to see how I handle situations uh, the good the bad the ugly and they learn from that and I'm kind of grooming a guy right now but I, I've got another guy that's in uh, 
the ministry, and I've, I followed him through incarceration, and we're real good friends, and he's in a dynamic ministry right now, so he's probably going to be involved mm-hmm. down the road as I start phasing out. Now, you and your wife, you all don't live there because you, you have your own home. Uh-huh. So you have people in leadership there that helps the new people coming in, and they help kind of make sure the rules are followed and that sort of thing. Yes. And, and I would imagine, I'm just guessing here, that as they mature in the ministry, you, you up their responsibility. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's right. So how does that work? It works, you know, the – the the good thing about it, I've I've taught these guys enough, and like I said, I've got I've got uh, four managers, and everybody said that's a, a you know that's a that's not going to work. Well, it does work, you know, because I I promote this is a team. This isn't uh, one. I have a general manager, and I have you know other managers that have responsibilities, but we're a team, uh-huh. and. Uh, as as they go, I give them more additional things that uh, to educate them and to teach them more about leadership mm-hmm. in in the thing. And a, lo- a lot of it is a a balance, a balance because a lot of times either you're too passionate, and and these guys coming from prison, they can they can run over you, you know, <laughs> if you're not watching them. They had to learn how to know? survive, didn't and they? then <laughs> once you get burned a time or yeah. two, and then a lot of times you get a hard heart. So it's a balancing act mm-hmm. on how to how to treat these men yeah. because in management you got to love them, but you got to treat everybody the same. Right now, how long do they generally stay with you? How long? Is it? I mean, do you have any timetables on that? No, generally, uh, you know, you say average. Some guys come a week and they say it's not for me and they bomb out. Had one drug guy that stayed two days and he was shooting up and we kicked him out, but. Uh, as a general rule, a year to two years really? is wow. about the, the time where they really start maturing because it takes a long time to to break uh, what they learned in prison. And the longer they're in prison, the, the harder it is to break. Yeah, yeah. And I, I liken it to, and it may be a good example or not, it's just like when you move to another country. And the longer you stay in that country, you're going to learn – their customs, their habits, their language, and everything about it. And the longer you stay in that country and then you come back to this country, the harder yeah, it yeah, is see that. Yeah. to adjust. Yeah. And and consequently, a lot of people like in Little, little Havana, stuff like that, you get cultures right. that don't want to leave their culture, and we still have that in prison. Huh. And that's one of the hardest things to break at care because they want to get together because that's a comfort zone, right? Right. Because they knew they know what to expect there, but they're very uncomfortable back, you know, in the freedom of of right. the United States of America. But what is the percentage of the ones who come and end up staying a long time? Is it? Is it they stay a long time? Yeah. Well, people who you'd say, yeah, they've really valued or made well the program, not like the one that bombed out that you're talking about. With it, with having drug. What yeah. is your percentage of the ones that you actually are able to take them into the program and, and and they and they do it? I I imagine probably about sixty sixty five percent. So there are a few like that, that just just show up and they just don't they don't cut it. Yeah, either, either uh, they either they decide or you decide one or the other. Well, it's like you know, uh, drugs and alcohol and women 
are the three big, yeah. big things. And I've found, you know, I hate to say it, and I don't want to be profiling, but if you get somebody under the age of 40 or 35, they're hard, hard to get focused huh. on, on staying straight because there's too much draw in the community. Uh-huh. I mean, there's women everywhere. There's drugs. There's alcohol. Everybody's smoking pot. Everybody's, you know, doing synthetic marijuana. They're doing mollies. Drugs are everywhere. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and, and consequently, we have got a lot of guys that have a, a drug history. And uh, it's easy to fall back into that. Right. So it takes some extreme focus on their part. Wow. You, you just made your job sound a whole lot tougher. <laughs> just, just what you just described there. Well, it is. Yeah. It is. And we, we random drug test them, you know, and I usually don't just kick them out if they come in hot on drugs. I usually work with them, right. give them a chance, okay. and uh, see if they can come out of it. Unfortunately, most of them don't come out of yeah, it. Yeah. That, that, once they get once they get that taste again, yeah. then it's yeah. I, 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 it's it's rare that yeah. that you know somebody that was actually able to kick it. I'm not saying it never happens, right? But I'm talking about the average person. How many people say what I know or you would know that well, you probably more than me? But oh yeah, this person was was on drugs and now they're clean. That's that's right. uh, not all that common. Let's put it that way. That's right. And, uh, I mean, I, I do know a few, but but. Uh, it's a hard thing to beat. It really it is. is. And, uh, and I just thank the Lord. I said, Lord, please keep me from ever getting addicted to something like that. And I, and I would hate to think that would happen. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, it does. And the thing that just drives you crazy is that usually the, it was very innocent when it started. That's right. Oh, you just wish you could just go back and just change that moment of time. That's right. And then, you know, something that, of course, it's, it's all the devil. We know that. Mm-hmm. His his temptation and the next thing you know it becomes that it owns them mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a sad thing about but let me just tell the radio audience i've been having such a good time just talking to you here this is just a gospel on the radio talk show i'm pastor jack king i am your host and uh, uh, bob rumley is my guest uh, care ministry we've been talking about his ministry what he's doing the prison it's a tremendous thing but you might know if you listen to the show or a little bit that Pastor King kind of likes gospel music. I always like to play at least one song for you. <laughs> this is the Booth Brothers, but I've been to Calvary. I just felt like that that song would just fit what we've been talking about. Amen. We've been to Calvary. This is the Gospel on the Radio talk show. Pastor Jack King here behind the microphone. Just uh, always enjoy spending these Sunday mornings with you here as we're getting ready to go to church. Uh, I'm the pastor of Freedom Road Christian Ministry. We're located at 720 Capital Circle Northeast in the Crescent Park Plaza. We're between Easterwood Drive and Park Avenue. Uh, we're right across from the prison there. And uh, 11.05 is when we start our services on Sunday morning, frcm.us. You can find us there. Love to have you come worship with us. Bring out the family. We love visitors and love the Lord. And uh, also, uh, I host a Saturday Night Gospel Sing here on 94.1. That's uh, Saturday night, 7 o'clock. A full hour of the best music on the planet, Southern Gospel style. We crank it up and have a good time. 
Also, you can find me Monday through Friday here on 94.1 with a daily broadcast. That's a daily Bible teaching of God's holy word. Just let the word of God speak. So that's 11 o'clock, Monday through Friday. And also, you can find this show on the podcast. We do the we put them all on the podcast of the um, talk show and the uh, daily broadcast. Or on the podcast, just type in Pastor Jack King, Tallahassee. Then it'll come up, the Gospel on the Radio talk show, or the Gospel on the Radio broadcast. And uh, if you're traveling someplace and just want to listen to some good content, just plug it in. You'll probably hear somebody interviewing somebody. <laughs> and uh, I do that a lot of times. I, I enjoy go back and listening to the shows again. I listen to the Saturday Night Gospel sing a lot of times just driving down the road because I listen to them on CD. But uh, Bob Rumbley is my guest today. He is with Care Ministry, doing a great work over there right off Lake Bradford Road. As, uh, what's that little road? The Glen? What's that little road that goes that you're up behind the hotel or where the ministry is? What is oh, that? God. Glen or Gwen or something like that. I know on the no. on the other side is airport. There's a street yeah. there called airport. Where did that come from? <laughs> so yeah, it's kind of like a little little corner. The whole thing is just a little corner there, and what is it like? Maybe a two tenths of an acre or something. Not much. Yeah. It's, and how many buildings are on that? We got six buildings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a lot on a little piece of property like it that. It is. But, uh, and of course, uh, every room what has one bed or two beds, or how does that work? Well, we have we have bunk beds. Bunk beds. And uh, one set of rooms has four, and another set has two, and so we can keep up to six men, but I don't put over five. Uh-huh. In the unit because that it gets too crowded with yeah, six. Yeah. But that's only in one building. So you'd have like maybe how many beds did you say you had? Well, we can carry 30 men. 30 men. Right. Wow. Now, do you have a, is there a cafeteria there too? Or do you, do you feed them? No, we, we have a full kitchen and we tried to feed the guys. And, and it's kind of an interesting concept. Um, when you're in prison, one of the things you always do is complain about food. Uh-huh. I mean, that's just, <laughs> just a, a given. Just goes with it, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, it just goes with it. I mean, you know how you like all oh, the food's terrible. Yeah. And every, that's just yeah. a given. That's yeah. one of the things we talked right. about. And uh, and care, we cook good meals and all that, and they griped and griped. And uh, I don't know if you remember Seminole Wind. Yeah. That had yeah, the place yeah, right. buffet. Oh, yeah. Beautiful yeah. buffet. Yeah. And we got all their leftovers. Okay. I mean, crab claws, uh, steak. And really? All. And, and then we'd get in and, and share with the guys that care. And after about a couple of weeks, they, they told me, says, can't we get something else to eat? <laughs> really? <laughs> so anyway, long story short, uh, they actually cook in their rooms. Okay. Yeah. And actually... It turned out to be a good thing because there's more camaraderie that uh-huh. way. And if I have a new man that moves in, they kind of take him in, make sure he has enough to eat, and uh, you know, kind of bring him into the group and all that. So it's worked out really. So good they just kind of uh, pull their funds together to go buy their own food, right? Okay, yeah, I can see how that. And I guess there's a table in that little room to oh, see yeah. how to eat it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember years ago when I was in Bible college. I had I, I owned my little house, and I had these two roommates. And I had be previous to that when I was on the ship, mm-hmm. I would have a Navy guys living there. They'd all come and go, but these these two guys said, "No, we want to we want to be a family." And 
they told me they said look if you'll just give us the amount of money you'd probably spend going to mcdonald's and like that we'll fix your meal so every night I, i'd get off work i worked pest control back in those days and then i'd come home and i'd have to go to school at night uh-huh they'd have a meal said boy they, they could good yeah <laughs> and that went on for probably a year i guess it was kind of nice yeah <laughs> so that's kind of what you're talking about pretty there. good yeah. deal yeah yeah, yeah. And, and it also gives them the uh Working together, like you say, camaraderie. Right. Learning how to cook. And generally, now we do this at a, a men's retreat that I do every year. Mm-hmm. And when I started, I said, guys, you got to do your own cooking. And so I divide them up into four teams, and they all cook a meal. But you usually find out you'll find some of those guys that had some experience in cooking. Right. <laughs> yeah. And then, then they just kind of take – take lead of it and so and then, like i said these guys when we do that in the ministry these guys love that you know, yeah cooking and then they have to clean it up and that sort of thing and mm-hmm. uh, so i think that's a good good system i, I don't know though the seminal wins that was pretty good food that was pretty good food. <laughs> guarantee it because they had one in thomasville yeah and then they brought it over here yeah and i don't know whether one's still in thomasville or not yeah but, they, uh, they still have they that. still have that they one closed yeah. It here. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course i as a general rule I stay away from buffets. Yeah. Because you can't really measure how much you're eating. I know it. You know, if you go to a regular restaurant, they, they bring you a certain portion, and you eat that, and you, you're fine. That's right. But a place like a Seminole Winds or one of those places, oh, man, you can just stuff yourself. And you go, <laughs> why did I do <laughs> So I usually try to avoid those places like that. But uh, anyway, well, I'm just – every time I've, I've talked to you, you know, this is the second time you've been on the show, it just thrills me what you all have done and, and how God has used you to, to do this and you're you're making a difference in the community and helping these men to get back. And I say men, I just I just realize I mean you only do men, right? That's correct. Okay. And I think there's some ministries here in town, as a matter of fact I've had them on the show that works with the ladies. Mm-hmm. Are you are you familiar with any of those? Are you ever rub shoulders with somebody's doing for the women? Uh, Chelsea House is still uh, in business, but, uh, the, but that's not necessarily for prisoners. No, no, they're just taking prison. general yeah. ladies. And uh, there's another place in town that takes uh, female drug yeah, uh, right, problems and right, stuff. Right? Yeah, that's that's, that's that's there's a need there because you know the women are going to have the same thing now. Karis, Karis or Karis, they 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 have they work with prisoners. Yeah, and I know. It's been a while since I've had them on the show. I guess I'm going to get them back too. They have what they call inside and outside ministry, mm. and I, and of course, if if your loved one is in prison, in a lot of ways you are too. Yeah. And so, so because your husband or your wife is behind bars, that's going to affect your life too. Right. And so, in the Kairos, they they minister to both. Right. And I, re- I remember that from the interview. And like I said, it reminds me, I need to get them back on the show. Yeah, you ought to. That's, refreshes. A, that's yeah. a dynamic ministry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And which reminds me to tell the audience, if you are involved in Christian ministry, I need you right here. <laughs> you can sit in the same chair that Brother Rumley's sitting in right now, and we'll talk about your passion, what God is doing in your life and your ministry. And I tell people all the time, I say, we have to tell these stories, because if we leave it to the world to tell it for us. Right. Uh, I got a, a call here not too long ago from a ministry that I featured, and somebody had written a terrible article about this ministry that I had on this show. Hmm. And I said, if we leave it to them to tell the story, they're going to tell it wrong. Right. So I've got you right here. You're telling it like it is, my brother. Good. Amen. <laughs> and, uh, and it's going well. 
Amen. I'm, I'm, I'm excited about that. So now, okay, they come in maybe a year, maybe two years. Mm-hmm. I mean, there comes a time when you both know, right? It's kind of like right. you know and they know. Right. It's time to move on. That's right. And and, and you say, well, they, they've done well. They, they seem to have a grip on things now. You feel like they, they could go and maybe rent an apartment or rent a house or something and you know, I guess they've been working all that time and maybe mm-hmm. maybe have kind of moved up in their job a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and boy, you just look at that and you go, thank the Lord. Just look at that. Right. <laughs> said, look what God has done here. That's right. And changing that life. And then you think, that what would have happened if we hadn't have been here? Yeah, I know it. And I'm, I'm sure that comes to your mind a lot of times, doesn't it? I know. Yeah. I, I know it. it. I, I tell the guys that, and it's hard to explain because they say how long they stay. Well, it depends. You know, how long they've been in prison versus short time, long time. Usually it takes longer in care. But but like you said, they either leave too soon or they stay too long. Uh-huh. And that's a vague concept, but like you'll know when right. they're staying too long. They, they quit growing. They're not doing anything bad, uh-huh. but they get flat. Uh-huh. And, uh, in, you know, in the ministry, when you're, you know, the Lord, you're going to stay. You want to stay active. You right. want to stay committed. You know, I've got guys that are joining choirs in the churches they're going to. I'm all for that, getting into some type of leadership, you know, working with the audiovisual uh, departments and stuff. That's what we're talking about, not just, you know, going to church. Right. You know, getting involved. So you have a specific church that you take them to in the beginning right and then it comes a long time and they can go somewhere else right there right now thomasville road is where the care guys go and we either take the van which we take the van but some take their cars and uh they go to the bible study and they go to the church service and uh and when they when they leave care, that's one thing I try to do is try to let them stay as long as they can to really get involved with their their attendance in church and their commitment in church. Right. Because we found in the past uh, we had a tendency once a guy got a job, uh, we kind of pushed him out. Like, and then consequently they quit going to church. Uh-huh. And I said they need to stay longer. And so I really pushed having them stay longer and usually they either go to stay in the church that they're at or they'll find another church mm-hmm. and go to. Okay. Now you mentioned earlier that you you have some availability now. Now if somebody uh, had a loved one and they were fixing to get out of prison and they called you would, I mean you'd be willing to talk to them. Sure. I mean can it work that way? The words that you didn't necessarily hear it straight from the prison you heard from some somebody out that's out out of prison, but they got a loved one. Right? Do you have contact information you're willing to give out? Well, we our website is a, the main thing. It's okay. care care c a r e dash Tallahassee dot o r g, and that that gives a good uh, synopsis of what we do. A bunch of testimonies from the men. It's got the application process. I get calls all the time from spouses and stuff but they have a and they find us on the internet because mm-hmm. they start searching right. for okay. uh, uh, places to go and all that and they see it and they like it like care and so they'll pick up the phone give me a call what do i need to do tell me more about it and then they can uh, apply okay. that away as well care tallahassee.org care dash oh, okay. tallahassee 
dot o r g dash Tallahassee. And I gotta have the dash. Okay, dot because yeah, one little thing wrong and that's right. <laughs> it just won't work. That's right. So care dash Tallahassee dot org dot org. Okay. Yeah. So they can go there and find out about the ministry, and and that way they can contact you, and you can contact them back, and uh, where that sort of thing goes. Yeah, I'd encourage the listeners just to pull it up and take a look at it. Yeah, you know, look at the testimonies. Got the dynamic testimonies how how care has changed their life, and more importantly, God has changed their life. But testimony testimonies from men that had drug problems and. And the parents just disowned them and all that, and then slowly God repaired that relationship, and now they're best of buddies and all that sort wow. of stuff. And that that just gives glory to God. That's wow. only God can do that. Amen. Amen. It's exciting. It's exciting. Just to, just just to know about it, <laughs> and uh, and I appreciate you so much. I called him. And he answered the phone. And he says, "Yeah, I'd be happy to." I don't always get that response. <laughs> But I'm persistent. There you go. That's what it <laughs> takes. I've been doing this close to about 20, let's see, 2002. So we're 21 years we've been doing this. I've had to, I've had to track a lot. Of, I tell people, I'll track you down sooner or later. Good, good. <laughs> so, but it's time for us to go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I just thank you, Lord, for Brother Romney and his wife and, and God, this calling on their life and the success of it. We're so thankful. And, Father, we pray over these men. That God, they could continue to readjust and and go out in society and just do well. Yes, Father, we thank you, Father, for all of the ministry that we've been able to have featured on this show. And Father, I pray over our churches. I pray for our pastors. I pray for America. And I pray for peace, peace in this world, and peace in the city of Jerusalem and the nation of Israel. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Brother Romney, thank you for coming to be on the show. Thank you for asking, man. I enjoyed it. Amen. Until next Sunday morning, may the Lord bless you.